what can podcast publishers learn from radio and other legacy media? That's what we're talking about on this week's episode of Sounds Profitable Ad Tech Applied with me, Ariel Nissablat. And me, Brian Barletta. Thanks to Podsites for sponsoring this week's episode. Podsites, podcast advertising insights and attribution built for advertisers, loved by publishers. Go to podsites.com for more information. Special thanks to our sponsors for making Sounds Profitable possible. Check them out by going to soundsprofitable.com and clicking on their logos in the articles. Brian, hello. How are you? Hi. Hi. I'm great. I'm getting ready. I'm packing. We're all going to New York tomorrow as we're recording this. And so by the time this is out, I'll already be on my way home. Oh. Yeah. I lived there for like 10 years. I don't miss living there, but it'll be nice to visit people and go to Hot Pod and On Air Fest and see you in person for the first time. I know. I know. I'm scared. How tall are you? <laughs> uh, like 17 feet tall. Okay, good uh, to know. No, I'm 5'8". I'm not that tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing that we don't think about anymore, you know? Well, we say that. And then Shreya Sharma, who's uh, one of the hosts on the download now, w- we talk all the time and she's just like, I'm very tall. Like, I think she's taller than me. So I'm really, yeah, <laughs> so that's that. going to be really exciting. I don't think she'll be at this one. She'll be a podcast movement, but. Yeah, this yeah. is what I like about finally seeing people in real life. I would have never guessed that she was a tall person because it's a personality, you know, it's beyond <laughs> a physical stature. <laughs> we all have to just be in chairs the entire time. It's only from like the waist up or like the midsection up that we can know each other. Everything else is just too intimidating. Yeah. Well, Brian, hard pivot for you here. Do you have a favorite terrestrial radio station? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, I guess that like I grew up in Massachusetts, Kiss 108 FM was what we listened to, which was really 107.9. And do you remember it? Uh, I remember it because it was like such a big part of my mom's life. Like we'd listen to it in the morning on the way to school or wherever we were going. And there was a talk show, Maddie in the Morning, which I think is still going on. And now it's even wow. more than Massachusetts. And yeah, it was just such a such a big thing. Like living in Massachusetts was such... A, an interesting thing because so many things happen there that I was like, oh, is this what every city is like? It, like, is Boston what every city is like? And, and it's not. Uh, it's but not. <laughs> yeah, Maddie in the morning, Kiss 108. Uh, and uh, that's the talk shows that we'd listen to in the radio station for for the hits of today and yesterday. Wow. Yep. So you remember it very well. What about you? Um, I loved and continue to love 107.1 The Peak WXPK. I know it well because it is so good. It literally never misses. Every single song that is on The Peak is incredible. And I really am a podcast person. I'm usually just an audio person. I mean, for when it comes to share of ear, I am all about the the spoken word, not so much the, the music, except for The Peak. And when I was in college, 104.5 The Drive, which later changed to 100.5 The Drive, which does not have the same ring to it. Incredible Binghamton, New York radio station. I remember these so well because they just do... Do such a great job. And the reason I'm bringing up radio on podcasts, Brian, do you know why? Uh, could it be because of this episode? It and could what we be. dig into? <gasps> <laughs> did it just blow that? That was your was that was that a law ball or was I supposed to act shocked? No, you did a great job. You did a great job. You did exactly oh, okay, cool. as just I checking, intended. Just <laughs> Today's episode of Sounds Profitable, Ad Tech Applied, is a conversation between you and Pierre Bouvard, yeah. who is the Chief Insights Officer at Cumulus Media. And I've heard of Cumulus for a long time. I've seen them at podcast conferences, but I thought I should just give a quick description just so everybody's on the same page. Cumulus Media is a leading audio-first media and entertainment company that delivers premium content to over a quarter billion people 
every month, there are 406 owned and operated radio stations across 86 markets. That's a lot. It's a lot of people, Mm -hmm. a lot of stations. I'd say so. Pierre is one of those people that actually was a part of the inspiration for Sounds Profitable. Like I look at James Cridlin, I look at Tom Webster, I look at Pierre Bouvard, all these people. Ariel Nissenblatt. Like, there you go. Uh, but but all these people are talking <laughs> about research, talking about educating the space in their own way. Some of them, you know, Pierre and Tiam were part of specific companies. And it's hard when you're not working with that specific product or that team to take their information and and use it neutrally. But I think Pierre... You know, he does the insights. There's at least one, if not more, email a week that you can get from Cumulus and Westwood One. And he even does videos of them where he walks through the data. They're great sources. Even if it's not the type of stuff you want to take and put in your own deck, it's directional, it's valuable, and it's insights from, as Ariel just listed out, a giant network in both radio and podcasting. So Pierre absolutely was part of my inspiration for Sounds Profitable. The big difference for me is, I think I'm a little bit louder <laughs> and I think, I think that on my end is I'm not a part of a big company. So that's the biggest difference, but I try and highlight these people that I'm learning from. And he's a great example of that. Today, we're going to be talking about what the podcast industry can learn from radio and from these vast networks as it relates to advertising. Why did you want to talk to Pierre about this specific subject? Well, somebody sent me a air check with seven ads in one slot, and it got me thinking, mm-hmm. oh, is that bad? And mm. it turns out it depends. And Pierre and I had a conversation about it and that radio and how radio is set up for ads in a 30-minute spot or 60 minutes, how many ads there are in that time period, how many breaks there are, what is the best response. And radio has been figuring this out for a long time, and we can learn so much for it podcasting is still stumbling over ourselves if we need a 15 second or a two minute long ad how many ad breaks how many ads in a break so my goal here was to talk to pierre and have him teach us a little bit more about what we've already figured out in radio to give people confidence to try that in podcasting and you know get more standardized because while there is a value for being organic and there is value to flow having things that mimic other audio ad styles is going to be really important. And planning out how you put your ads into a show is just as important as planning out your segments. I thought that there was a lot of important information in your conversation with Pierre. So why don't we get to it? So Pierre, in radio advertising, which you have a great background in as well, what's the norm for ads? You know, how many ads per hour, how many per ad break, how many breaks can there be total and how much time per break? So we did a pretty in-depth analysis using data from a company called Media Monitors that monitors thousands of radio stations and electronically captures all the ads. And we looked across their data set in, in the typical hour of American radio, the average station is running about nine minutes of ads, which is about 15% of kind of program time. And they're typically doing it in two breaks. Now, the reason why they do that in two breaks has to do with the Nielsen methodology. Nielsen credits audience and it gives people, you know, five minutes of listening for every quarter hour. So the broadcasters kind of put their ads around the quarter hours. Realistically, uh, they could be running a lot more breaks. They don't need to be clumping them as much. And I think 
If you listen to a spoken word station, which I think is the closest parallel to podcasting, like a news talk station, they're running breaks every six or seven minutes. You know, they're not running more ads, but you get a, a minute ad or two and then you're back, you know, and so the audience retention is very strong on these spoken word news talk stations because they're never breaking for uh, the ads. Each break is only a minute or two at most. And are ads normally 30 seconds or 60 seconds in radio? Or I guess two minutes too. It's um, First of all, nobody does two minutes. Okay, good to know for podcasters who really need to stop doing two-minute reads. Yeah, we have been, I think one of the places where we've been over generous is two-minute ads. They're awful. You lose me. There's no way you don't lose the listener after the first minute. Yes. And, you know, somebody once said that the first thing you should do when you're creating advertising copy is create the billboard. Because you can only put three to five words on a billboard. And so that forces you to crystallize what is the essence of what you want to say. And then you can go from there. So I would say probably in local radio, it's probably 50, 50, 30s and 60s. Network radio is 80, 85% 30s. And what what Nielsen and a bunch of folks did a deep analysis of audience retention. How well does radio hold people through commercial break? And they studied like 62 million ads looking at the minute-by-minute data from the, the portable meter. And it's about 93% of the lead-in audience is held through the average commercial break. Okay. So radio, what's interesting about radio and podcast is we have the lowest levels of ad skipping of any media. We just did a study recently where we asked Americans, like, here's a whole bunch of media, you know, which for each do you skip frequently, occasionally, rarely, never. The stuff that people skip the most, it's all digital pop-up ads, online video, you know, banner ads. People can't wait to get past that. The ads with the least skipping, radio and podcasts. So we are brothers and sisters in the world of really holding on to folks and having them actually listen to the ads. Okay, so my first question here is, how do you skip a radio ad? Is that like walking away, changing the station? Uh, it's, it's all of the above. So the Nielsen meter hears what you hear. So if you're in the car and the phone rings, you turn the radio down, you know, that would be considered commercial avoidance uh, or if you punch to another station. Interestingly, Nielsen looked at all of the channel changes, like when people change stations and two thirds of the time when there's a channel change, it's radio on or off. Gotcha. (laughs) In other words, like, hey, I'm just I got to go to work. I got to turn off the radio. So there's much less commercial skipping uh, than perceived um, when you look at the, um, you know, when you, when you look at the hard data. Okay. So we're talking 10 minutes, nine or 10 minutes of ads. It's easy enough to say that most of them are going to be 30 second ads. So we're talking about up to 20 ads. You said about a two to four and a half minute break, depending. No. So most, most stations are running those in two breaks. So if it's about nine minutes of ads, you know, it's about a four or five minute break. So we're talking it could be nine consecutive ads. 
Yeah, but remember, there's 60s in there. Sure, it, they're not all 30s. But it it could be right. It Correct. could be it could be Correct. five ads for one minute and and a 30. But sure. it could be five to nine ads in one break, twice per hour. Correct. Wow. Okay. And so in podcasting, what are we seeing? Now, you said that you worked with Signal Hill Insights to do a lot of reporting with uh, Cumulus. Is that right? Yeah. So we hired Signal Hill and we wanted to ask folks, you know, are there too many ads and not enough ads? And and one of the, the questions we've been asking for the last five years, it's an agree-disagree question. I, I wouldn't mind a couple more ads per show so that my favorite podcast could continue. And consistently over the last five years, about 60% of weekly podcast listeners said they wouldn't mind a few more ads. So right now, 5% about of podcast content is advertising, 5%. Radio is about 15%. TV, depending upon the network, could be 20 or 25%. Um, so podcasting is under-commercialized. Uh, it's under-commercialized for a couple of reasons. One, there are a lot of medium or smaller podcasts that simply don't have ads or don't have a lot of ads. So that's one reason. But it's just, it's a new medium and listeners are saying the content is so good. I'm learning so much. It's entertaining. You know, I wouldn't mind a couple more ads. Because the alternative is pay for it or it doesn't exist. I don't, I don't, you know, I think more than any other advertising medium, podcast listeners are intensely aware that if it wasn't for the ads, their favorite show wouldn't exist. And that is unlike anything we've ever seen with any other media. You know, people watch TV and they, they don't think like, oh my God, my show, if I didn't have these ads, so I really need to participate. I need to support these advertisers. So we're very unique in that listeners truly understand how their show is made possible, which is the ads. And therefore they want to actually, they want to support the show and they'll like want to engage with the advertiser, buy the products or services. They really see the connection. That's it's such a powerful thing. And I think that public media did a really good job of making that resonate for many in podcasting uh, with two young kids. We listen to things like um, wow in the world often. And the ads would would say, like, support for this show is brought to you by or similar with NPR or all these shows. And it really resonates to me that this ad in this kid's show will say, hey, grownups, this is for you. And they'll say this show is made possible by sponsors like and then they'll bring in the ad. And I'm not offended. I'm not upset because it didn't target my child. It's not showing them some super cool action figure or sugary cereal that I had to buy. It's targeted to me. And it's respectful and it's asking me to consider supporting the show. I, I completely agree with you on that. I think that that's really interesting. Another thing that you said that everybody really needs to hook on to. Pierre said podcasting is a new industry. It doesn't matter that we've been doing this for almost 20 years. The advertising side of it and even still just looking at the whole scope compared to TV and radio and out of home and magazine and everything, right, is incredibly new. We haven't figured it out. We don't have our banner yet, right? The fact that we're talking about how many ads can be in a show, when radio, Pierre can tell you exactly how much the tolerance is, what they can work with, why they haven't pushed it in X amount of years. We need to figure that out in podcasting. And 
It sounds like this advice right here is that we can add more. Now, it's about respect, right? It's about fitting the right ads in there. And so, Pierre, is it fair to say that if the ads are contextually relevant to the show or a host read or mindful of time, that things like this do work? But if it's announcer read ads targeted to the user, not relevant to the content necessarily, that's where some of this can fall off. That's where we can get user uh, listener pushback. I don't think listeners pay that much attention or that analytical to say, now, is this ad relevant to the content? Um, they don't think about stuff as as much as we do. And what's the definition of relevant to the content? I mean, ads are about me. you know. So if it's an ad for another podcast, a movie, or book, it's interesting. And especially if it's in the voice and they don't – listeners can't determine whether – the host read ad was pre-recorded or whether it's yeah. live or baked in. But when that talent is reading that ad, it, it has so much more value. Yes. You know? And that's why our CPMs, like you never watch a TV newscast and the news anchor says, let me tell you about my wife and I were having trouble, you know, <laughs> sleeping. And we, you know, we got a Casper match, you know, that dynamic doesn't exist in most other media. There are some things that, like, for instance, ads that make you feel something, emotion-based ads yeah. versus rational ads, emotion-based ads perform a lot better. In terms of uh, long-term sales success for the advertiser, brand-building ads perform far better than sales activation ads. And I think this is why we see so many brands you know, pouring into podcasting. Because it's an emotional touch point. Correct. Right. A anybody who's just advertising on podcasting and focuses on like direct to the sale, like I get it. It works. It does work and it works pretty well on the association. But if I'm seeing these ads in other places and now someone I trust, someone I choose to entertain me, someone endorses it, it's, it's so much more valuable the next place I see it. I might not convert there. I might not convert in this month or the next month, but that brand is now tied with that host that I trust and I put the value in. If you think about it, 98% of all ads on podcast are brand building ads. Really? So what, what, what do I mean by that? Well, Podsites just put out its Q4 report, and it says that the average conversion rate for the typical podcast ad is 1.4%. So what that means is the other 98.6% of that impact is on the brand, so all advertising is brand building, uh, despite the fact that you might have a product code or like, hurry, order now, get 10% off, only 1.4% will convert. So that's for every salesperson listening to this, for every operations person, please update all of your reporting and material. Pierre just gave you a gold mine. It's not 1.6% conversion. It's 98.4% brand building and 1.6% conversion. That's the 100%. Now we don't have to throw away the lion's share of that. That's such a good way to look at it, right? I thought you were going to tell me something about podcast ads that don't even have a drive for an action that are just about branding. But instead, what you did was you showed that everything is branding and some yep. of branding can directly convert. Correct. And remember that the job of advertising is to help the advertiser be known before they're needed. Yeah. No one is in the market for like something being advertised. Very few people are in the market at any point in time for something. 
So what you're really doing is trying to create awareness and interest for that future time, could be a year away, where somebody might actually need that thing. My, my, that's my favorite example when people used to push back that podcasting can only track conversion and attribution about a household and not an individual. And I said, think about it this way. I listen to a show and the host that I choose to put value in tells me about a product. That product's not relevant to me, but it is the answer to a problem that my wife has been having. Now, I get to tell my wife about this thing that can solve a problem for her. I'm an endorsement to my wife because an endorsement worked on me. That power amplifies, right? I'm excited about it because I've been giving a tool to solve a problem. Our household converted, that's killer. But you're right. Sometimes you just need to lodge that in your mind to remember. We moved into a new house, and I don't think Pod Save America was actively working with Simply Safe or anything. But we absolutely bought Simply Safe and used their promo code because my wife listens to Pod Save America every week. So those things do work. They stick with you. And that's that's really cool. So when we like ideally in podcasting, what would your guidance be? Let's say a 60 minute show. How many breaks and what's the maximum amount of time we could push in a break? You know, I think all of the research you know, when you look at how the metric is, how well am I retaining my audience through the break? And the best data for this is the minute by minute data from the portable meter. It says that the shorter the break, the more you hold people through the break. So using that hard data, it would suggest it's better to have more breaks, more commercial breaks and have those each break be of shorter duration. So if if I was, you know, if I if I had a, an hour show and I had two breaks and I'm looking to grow revenue and the question is do you make each break longer or create more breaks? I would say come down on the side of more breaks and and try to keep each break, you know, as as short as you can because over time if we hold to that then the consumer will be saying, yeah, they have ads, but it's amazing how quickly they get back to the content and to the show. And I think the hard data from the meter in radio shows that it's better to have more frequent breaks and try to, try to create each break, you know, have to be a shorter as you can duration. Like the talk radio example you gave versus yes. the nine minutes yeah. spoken to two spots. Yep, where you have very little, you know, when you look at the meter data, there's very little switch away because, because it's fast enough that correct. you might miss content if you do that. Correct. correct. Gotcha. Okay. And do you think that an advertiser, if they're in a longer break, let's say there are four ads in there, um, how should advertisers feel about being ad three or four in a four ad break in podcasting today? I, I think they should feel fine because the reality is podcasting is the most powerful ad medium we've ever experienced. People pay incredible attention. Think about what, what are the need states that podcasting um, satisfies to be entertained. A lot of media do that. But then the next need state is to learn something. Yeah. How many other media you know, is the need state satisfied to learn something? You know, most of it is just pass the time, be entertained. Social media has the lowest engagement and the lowest attentiveness. Yeah. It, it, it's, 
You're barely reading the content that you're there to look through. But you're right. When you think about education, I think about a book and I bought it and it doesn't have an ad. I think about a documentary and I paid for a streaming service that got me to it without ads. Where else can you learn without ads? Or or where else can you learn with ads, I guess, is the real question. So given all of that, if I'm the fourth ad in a podcast ad, I'm, I'm not concerned. Now, can we be more to the point? Can we be more brief? Yes. And, and one of the things I think historically, you know, we were, we were getting pages and pages of information for our poor host to say, okay, read all this stuff. And then you come up with something on your own. And I think that's laziness. I think our industry has to get back to copywriting. You can't expect a host that has you know, a bunch, you know, five, 10 live reads in a podcast to go through pages and pages of background material and then try to come up with a synthesized version for an ad. That's crazy. That's laziness. I agree with you. That's the biggest failure in podcasting right now. Podcast advertising is the lack of creative because of the fact that it's an afterthought. Here's some bullet points. The host is going to read it. We assume that the show failed if the ad didn't fail, but it's not the copy. It's not the creative. We're not A-B testing. We're not scripting things for them because we want it to be, and you guys can't see me making air quotes, organic. And that's a problem because that is is not sustainable. Yeah, it's laziness on the part of the brand. Yeah. The reason why God created copywriters is to create <laughs> well-crafted communication that communicates key attributes and does it in an entertaining manner. So bring on the bring on the copywriters, do not send the hosts seven pages of stuff that they're supposed to wade through and give them a well-done piece of copy that they can then riff off of and inject their authenticity yeah. into it. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Now, the last question I want to end with is these, this mindset that we're talking about. Like, you gave a little bit of a formula and people should test it. Will the appetites for advertising change if that becomes templatized? I can go buy radio now and I know what the talk radio format is, like you said, and I know that the FM radio format, like you said, I know what to expect. Four and a half minutes of ads twice in an hour or, you know, every five or 10 minutes on uh, talk radio. If podcasting starts to follow a format that's way more linear and not completely unique per show, but maybe we divide it and divide it into quartiles over an hour, will that make it more accessible? Will that lose any of its originality because we'll be forced to a format? Is that is that a direction we should be considering? I, I don't think we need to have a quote format. I mean, look at what the cable networks do with a movie. Like when they put a movie on like TNT, it's a, let's say it's a two or three hour movie. The first hour doesn't have a lot of commercial breaks. They're hooking you in. And then as you get deeper in the movie, there's more and more and more commercial breaks. So that's an approach. It could be to say, I got an hour show. I'm going to hook people. And in the first half of the show, maybe there's not as many interruptions than maybe once I hooked you, maybe I'll. So I think there's room for a lot of creativity. Um, this is not like saying, look, we're going to have one format. The good news is there's an opportunity for experimentation and, you know, you can kind of move things around. I think where the ads, a good ad break occurs at a natural break point. You know, the, you listen to the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, you know, they'll say, and, and, you know, and that came to the real surprise. 
we'll be right back. You know, yeah. I mean, they're they're smart about looking at their narrative and saying, yeah. OK, there's a real cliff point here or there's a real transition here or, you know, so and that's the beauty. You can't do this in TV like the way TV is shot. You have to have the breaks at a certain point in time. But in audio, we could we could move them around based upon kind of the narrative flow. So I don't think we're ever going to get so systematized like TV. And that brings me back to my favorite point. Advertising is content. If you're making a podcast and it has ads, you can't throw your hands up. It's not a black hole where you go, I apologize. This is where we make money. Please forgive us. And then put in whatever you want there in ads. You build your show with your ad breaks in it. You build the story with room for ads or you don't build it with ads. That's fine. But stuffing ads and anytime you take too long of a break, like too long of a pause and just deciding that's where an ad break go isn't good. It isn't what drives the value that Pierre's talking about here and the the tolerance that we're talking about to add more ads into a show. Pierre, this was all super fantastic. I want to give a plug uh, here. So Pierre does often with the Cumulus emails uh, and uh, YouTube account, he does uh, deep dives into tons of data. Cumulus commissions a crazy amount of data. Pierre breaks it down, makes it into blog posts, makes it into videos that he walks through. And everyone really should be checking those out. Uh, I'm a huge fan of them and I make sure that I watch all of them. So I would love for you to check them out and let Pierre and I know your thoughts on them uh, and ask us any questions on them. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. Brian, I loved this conversation. I think that there is so much that we can learn from the radio space when it comes to the copy that you write for your ads, when it comes to how long your ads should be. There's so much here, and I'm excited to break it all down in the post-game chat, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because I'm such a big sports guy. I love it. The post-game chat. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, what what did you like the most about this? Well, there's a lot of data. And I lately love data because generally speaking, I'm an anecdotes gal. And I've lately been thinking, let me back it up with some data. So let's do it. 5% of podcast content is advertising. That is not so high, but I wonder what other folks would think of that. I wonder if I tweeted that stat out, what people would say, is it high? Is it low? What's your sense? I think that in podcasting, we're terrified of advertising. I think that things like Super Listeners and Shareveer and Infinite Dial, all the Edison research that comes out, so much of it is just like, hey, we could do more ads. Yeah. We're, it's about the format. It's about the style and all that. But being in the industry, 5% seems terrifying to people. But to me, it's low. Yeah. It's, it's low for a medium that gives you so much that you can really dial for whatever type of content you want. I don't know. I, I, I definitely feel it's low. And, and that's what the conversation really highlighted, how low it is compared to other media. Yeah, I think it's super low. And Brian, I encourage you to tweet about this. And I would love to see the responses. Pierre says that podcasting is under commercialized because there are smaller and medium shows that don't have many ads on them. And that could be why that 5% figure is so small. So some of the bigger shows do have minutes and minutes of ads. If you go to Joe Rogan, if you go to some of the shows that have two minute ads for Manscaped, you know, that's going to cut into that percentage a little bit more. But then, of course, there's all the indie shows that are not monetized via ads and all the shows that are monetized via Patreon, but not through ads. So there's lots of ways to break it down. But I think another big point that you and Pierre seem to agree on was no more two minute ads. Let's go 30 seconds. Let's go 60 seconds. Two minutes is too much. (laughs) Yeah, there's just not much more you can say. Like if the product 
takes that long to describe, this isn't a great format anyways. It's probably not a great product either. Um, if that's your hook, mm. if it takes two minutes to explain it. Or just it. bad ad yeah. copy. But what Pierre said there that really resonated the most with me was the billboard example, right? How few words you get. I was just going to bring that up. I love it, right? Why don't you why don't you dig into what you liked about that? Because that res- really resonated with me. I love this. Yes, Pierre said that when you're starting writing out copy for your ad for your product, you should think about what you would put on a billboard. Because when you're writing a billboard, you can't have more than a few words on it. So what is the essence of what you want to say? Break it down and then write your ad copy based on that. Yeah. In the words of Kevin Malone, why waste time say lot word when few word do trick? (laughs) Right? Very good. That's that's the truth of it. I mean, you start with the smallest, most condensed thing that you can say and you allow it to organically build. It's going to help. But realistically... You know, I can see the value in a 60 second. I can see 90 sometimes. I think two minutes have to go. But I think 30 is smooth. I think 30 is almost unskippable. I think the amount of effort it takes to skip is is really just a lot when by the end of that 30 seconds, we're done. We're out of that content. I yeah. risk too much skipping. Yeah, I have to get my face ID. I have to pick up my phone, make sure my face ID actually logs me in. Or sometimes I don't because sometimes the player is right then and there and I could just hit skip. But by the time you've done all that, tis over. Pierre also pointed out how few people were skipping, right? Like the data that they got from the surveys and from the participants in this showed that the skipping quote unquote was really more focused around turning the car or the radio off, right? Changing a channel was more associated with turning the thing on and off than it was flipping around on different stations. Now, podcasting is different. You can't fast forward in radio. You can exit a show and play another one, but you bought into podcasting more than you bought into radio. You turn on radio and you listen to what's on and you pick a station and and then you lean back. With podcasting, you're picking a specific show. Right. We're not talking about turning on a channel, shuffling and saying, I like anything that comes here. You said, I want to listen to this content right now. So we got to assume that skips are going to stay low, especially if we respect people's time. Cumulus works with Signal Hill Insights on gaining data around ads, and they found out that on an agree-disagree scale, most people are down to have more ads on their podcasts to make sure that their favorite shows can continue. And as a creator and as a listener, I definitely agree with that. I am very happy to have more ads on the shows that I listen to. If I hate the ad, I will skip it. If I don't hate it, I will listen and I will be influenced by it and everything will be okay. And then as a creator, yes, the more that the more products that want to advertise on my podcast, the better for me. I can make a little more money to buy that next microphone upgrade. Do we have to get you a new microphone? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Folks, but it's but think? it's true. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think it sounds okay, but we'll probably get you a new one soon. <laughs> They're fun gadgets. Um, but no, I mean, look, I uh, as a giant nerd, I've been listening to Dungeons and Daddies, as they like to say, not a BDSM oh, podcast. <laughs> it's it's dads. It's about dads in a Dungeons and Dragons world, um, and wow. their ads are long. Some of their ads are very long and they go on for a while, but I listen to it the first time. And even as I'm binging it and it's the same ad over and over again, I still listen. I check what the advertiser is. Then I skip if it's the same copy. If it's different copy, it's exciting because it is content, right? It can still be entertaining if it's an ad, but I want them to succeed. So the more I skip personally, the more I'm interested in their Patreon. Do they have an ad free version or anything like that? Can I tip them if I feel bad about it? I don't know. I think I think ad engagement 
is really easy. I think it's really easy to keep people from skipping ads and keep them listening, even if they're binging, even if they hear 10 impressions, as long as it's different copy, as long as it's fresh, as long as it's exciting, as long as it's not two minutes long. I wanted to reiterate this really important note that Pierre brought up and you really echoed. And one more time for me, salespeople, please update all of your reporting material. It's not that ads have a 1.6 conversion rate. It's that Brand building is the goal. And then there's also a 1.6 conversion rate. 98.4% of advertising is brand building. And then there is some conversion built into that. And that's great. But for the most part, it's about getting your product out there. I really love this line. The job of advertising is to help a brand or a product be known before it is needed. It's, it was, that was so smart. And it's so funny because at, Claritas, when I worked on the attribution side, we'd have to defend that. And, you know, anything over a half of a percent conversion rate in most media is considered pretty solid. So when people would look at these and say, why couldn't it be higher? Why isn't it better? It would be real tough. It'd be real tough trying to figure out the story and the narrative. Pierre, in one sentence, blew my mind. If I could shoot that one sentence back in time seven (laughs) years, my life probably would have been significantly easier. And that's really something that I need to echo to this space. We absolutely have to be educated on these things and hold the lines on these things. That piece of information right there is accurate. It is a powerful tool for telling a story with your advertisers, with your inventory, with your campaign strategy. And it's something we really need to consider because even if it doesn't convert, you're very likely not the only place they're running ads. It adds to the overall brand recognition that will eventually drive conversions. So after this conversation, after learning from Pierre about radio, both music stations and talk stations, how will podcasting learn from different ad formats? My hope is that we take this to heart. My hope is that some of the major radio networks that are in podcasting as well use that and apply that logic into podcasting. I think probably many of them do, but we probably have to peel back those two-minute ads. And I think that the smaller companies should explore that. Smaller publishers should feel comfortable exploring that. I think figuring out your strategy is important, but building that template, providing it to your editors and producers to make sure that your shows are built around these ad break mindsets is really where that success is going to come from. And I think it's also about testing different ad formats. Pierre brought up at the beginning, or you talked for a a while about how some commercial radio stations will have nine minutes of ads throughout one hour, and those will be broken up sometimes at the 15 minute mark. Who's to say podcasts would not be successful doing that? We don't really know because we don't hear it very often. So let's hope that podcasters try out different ad breaks at natural breakpoints. And one of my favorite things that has been recurring throughout this podcast is that advertising is content. Publishers should treat it like content. Build your show with your ads in mind. Make sure that they're not an afterthought. Hey, listeners, what do you think about the show? We want to hear from you. Please reach out if you have any questions or comments. We're on Twitter at SoundsProfNews, at Brian Barletta, or at Ari This and That. And if you want to send us an email, that's podcast at SoundsProfitable.com. This show is recorded with Squadcast, the best place to record studio quality audio and video for content creators. I use Squadcast for every single interview and product deep dive, and I encourage you to check it out as well. If you go to squadcast.fm for a free seven-day trial, let me know what you think. Do you want more from Sounds Profitable? We have two more podcasts that you can explore. First up is Sounds Profitable, the narrated articles. And next, The Download, our podcast about the business of podcasting. You can find links to them in the episode description. 
Thank you to Evo Terra and Ian Powell for their help on this episode. 